Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you because, you know, we have a lot in common. Both former number one picks, both out of the Pac-12, both post players, both children of the diaspora. So thank you for chatting with me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for like inviting me. I'm super excited. Yeah, we always got to back the pack. Uh, uh-huh. Let's start. Let's start with you and the growth of your game. Uh, you've really emerged as a top defensive player. What do you attribute that to? Um, just the trust of my teammates. You know, um, it's a it's a it's a different feeling when your team trusts you and depend on you, and especially on that defensive end. Um, you knowing that they trust me to close possessions possessions out and you know just protect the rim. You know, be a presence even when I'm not blocking shots or rebounding, but being a presence and you know being their eyes and ears and you know just making sure they're always in the right positions, right spots, and you know just making them feel comfortable so they can be confident in guarding their opponent. So what is your goal as a defensive player? Me, I just want to be able to just to guard one through five. That's my goal. Um, I, I always get on Coach Monty, um, you know, just switching, switching out on Reds and letting me, you know, get some good uh, guard movement when there's a smaller big in. And, you know, just to show my teammates that they can depend on me. You don't have to, like, you know, either take me out the game or, you know, change up our defense to adjust to our opponents, you know. Just trust it and, you know, we just play solid. You can switch one through five because last year in the playoffs, round one, you guarded Anthony Davis. Round two, Nikola Jokic, the MVP. Round three, you had the Clippers perimeter that you had to switch onto. And then, you know, in the finals, you had to guard Giannis Antetokounmpo. So what did you learn from that experience and that challenge last year? I mean, I uh, just really following a lot, just watching a lot of film on guys' bread and butter. You know, it's a lot of... um, I say there's a lot of work these dudes put into their game, and they have so much. You have, they have so much. Not to say that you're gonna stop them every time, but you know you can make things a little difficult on them. And you know that's the goal you have to do: just altering shots, making sure you can test everything, staying down on pump fakes, and just you know just reading the scout and making sure you're on top of film. And it should you know it brings confidence into the game watching film and studying your opponent. You know, I talked to you not too long ago, and I got a little bit of your fire and your intensity when it comes to each matchup, each opportunity you have. What do you tell yourself before you play any game? Um, mainly, you know, just telling myself I'm going to show my opponent why, you know, he's not supposed to be on the same floor as me. You know, just setting that tone as, you know, I'm going to show you that I'm this guy and, you know, I'm... You know, just staying to script and playing as hard as I can, you know, taking plays off. You know, ever since I went through the NBA Finals, I don't know how to take a play off. I only know what 110% is, you know, into playing playing uh, the sport. And no matter who's on the court or who their opponent is, it's just 110% every time. That was a clean version of what you told me, but we'll accept that as well, DA. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, your team has also been 
top one or two consistently in defensive rating. What does that look like? What does that sound like on the court? Man, a lot of communication. Um, I won't say it's always, you know, uh, you know, us, you know, um, giving us, you know, good criticism. There's a lot of criticism where you're going to have to, like, you know, just hold that one and just learn from it and know that, you know, he's giving you the right message. It might not come out the way you want it to come out, but, you know, um, you know, you, you did get that message across and, you know, we keep our head high and we uh, always have each other's back. You know, our main thing is togetherness and, you know, that's one thing we go by into going into every game. Do you consider yourself kind of the quarterback of the defense from, you know, the rim protection aspect? Most definitely. Do you consider yourself that, you know, vocally? Most definitely. Um, you know, my one of my favorite uh, players are KG and Kevin Garnett and, you know, um, just how loud he was on defense and how he got his teammates better. You know, that's one thing I really took away from him, that attitude, you know, just being that vocal guy. Um, whether it's, it can be, it's not, sometimes it's not even defense. You might not even be playing hard or I don't, or I think personally we're not playing hard like how we normally do. And I, you know, I might give a good outburst out there where it wakes up everybody in the huddle in a good, respectful way. And, you know, everybody gets that. And my teammates know that's how I am. So, I mean, you know, it goes for everyone. Once, once we yell a good outburst, you know, we, we get our heads back on our shoulder and we keep this train going. So switching over to offensively, what is your goal offensively as a player? Um, my goal offensively, me, uh, I have so many. Um, I want to do everything, to be honest. You know, uh, mainly just getting to that free throw line. You know, um, just being more of a threat. Um, I feel like last year I wasn't much of a threat offensively, but you know, now that I've you know seen everything the league can throw at you, I'm um, I'm, I'm taking advantage of mismatches and you know just old boarding and going back up with it, getting to the line, drawing some fouls and stuff like that. Rim running, being the first guy down. Um, after a board closing out possessions and just getting the simple things that matter and that you know that's what's been getting me motivated to you know just keep putting my head down the offensive end. And, and the big man doesn't get the same amount per se of shine like they used to. How have you become a star in your role for the Suns? The little things, the little things matter. That's what everybody uh, tend to forget. The little things is what counts, man. I, um, my team and the culture and tradition we have is just sharing the ball, competing, um, you know, just, you know, guarding. And, you know, that's, that's what emphasizes the winning part of it. You know, what, what comes, uh, team success comes individual accolades and, you know, defense win championships. So those are things I go by, you know, every game and, you know, to help my team win. And speaking of individual accolades, what was your reaction to seeing your name on the All-Star ballot? Oh, that was, like, I don't know. I can't, it's, it's kind of speeches. My, my girlfriend, um, you know, told me as soon as I came from practice, like, you know, you know you're top 10. And, then, and I was like, top 10 in what? You know, I wasn't too sure what she was saying. And she showed me the NBA post and I was just speechless. I, I wanted to tear up a little bit because I, I never thought I'd see my name you know, with all those great uh, players on there like that. And, you know, just showing me that, you know, this is hard work and the world is starting to see, you know, that what I do on the court. How did your mom react? My mom had an unbelievable reaction, but I said, but it's not confirmed. I'm like, you know, this is just some voting, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, well, I'm blessed to be in this position, but she was extremely excited. And, you know, just to see the joy in her face, um, you know, it, it makes me want to keep going nonstop. 
And you guys are the top team right now in the NBA. And I think there is a case where we see a lot of the top teams having more than two all-stars. So, you know, you're making your own push, which is amazing. Um, but you mentioned the little things. And amongst the little things, I heard that you love getting down with assistant coach Mark Bryant. Yeah. Uh, in your big man workouts after practice, what are those like? That's my guy. Me and Mark Bryant, um, you know, we, we always bumping, man. We bump our heads sometimes, um, but we always figure it out and always, you know, do, find out the right solution. But, you know, him, I, I really got close to him during the bubble. You know, um, you know just us polishing my game up. Um, he, he gave me so much so much knowledge when it comes to this game of basketball, especially playing down low. Um, off the bat, he just... He gave me every small detail when it comes to physicality uh, on the court, especially playing against bigger guys, faster guys, smaller guys. It don't matter. You know, just always bringing that physical presence to the game. And, you know, flow game. He taught me the flow game. I never, I never was a fan of the floater, but, you know, the way how teams play us, you know, you're not always going to get a dunk under the rim. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to do a jump hook, an early jump hook, or an early floater. And to me, I even feel like he created the floater for the big man the way how he helped me master it. So it, it, that was a big, um, uh, I'll say, a big move that I added to my, he helped add it to my game. And I really appreciate him for that. But we're always, we're always working and always talking about basketball, watching film, and just really locked in onto my opponents and, you know, just showing, showing uh, other guys why they shouldn't be on the same floor as me. And when you focus on those little things, I think it's really great that you found that in winning comes sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And for you, coming you know, out of Arizona, you had a lot of potential with different facets of your game, but you focused on dominating the paint. I mean, it's dominating. Most Talk to me about why you love dominating that way. Um, honestly, I grew up where they taught me inside out. You know what I'm saying? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And down low is where I, that's, that's how I work. That's how I get my blood flowing. That's how I, you know, get to talking. And, you know, that's where you get the feel of the game. And, you know, just doing the little things like and sacrificing, like knowing that I have to set this ball screen. I'm not only getting myself open, I'm getting, I'm getting other people open. When I roll to the rim, I'm getting my shooters open in the corners and the weak side. When I catch the ball in the middle, I know somebody's going to try and help this dude in front of me because he can't do it by himself. So just things like that, putting the ball on the ground, knowing that, you know, dudes might blitz CP3 or book and, you know, just just getting off, getting out of the pick and roll early to give him a little break and, you know, just moving our ball, playing in our offense and stuff like that. And, you know, just moving without the ball, just all them little things that count, you know. I love to give up my body instead of screen and knowing that we're going to get a three out of it. And the offense starts with Chris Paul, the mm -hmm. point guard. Let's talk about the pick and roll. What have you noticed that Chris Paul does differently in the pick and roll than anybody else? Patience. His patience, the way how he just, like, he just moves. He's, like, he's going to make his opponent get a hit on that screen regardless of how fast or how strong or how up that dude think he is on the screen. CP, he waits for the screen, man. It's the way how he maneuvers. You don't know what he really going to do. I mean, everybody know he has a midi, but it's just a mixture of so many things in that pick and roll. You know, once you get a good hit, see, it's, you know, it's, 
it's him. You leave, just leave it up to him. Just make sure you get a good hit. You know, he's just really patient. And, and Chris Paul is a floor general. I feel like there's a major emphasis on the word general. He's someone that holds you accountable mm -hmm. each and every day in practice. How have you been able to build a real sustainable relationship with him on and off the court? Man, I think we went through it all. Um, even got to a point where we argued into a one-on-one -on -one and we didn't, we had a game and we didn't even leave leave the court after shoot around. We just kept playing and, you know, it got so heated where we left, we left the game tied up. We didn't, we didn't get to finish the game and, you know, just us button heads and, you know, going through everything you can possibly go through to get to know your teammate, you know, um, you know, we really locked in and we went throughout the whole year and the postseason, you know, um, just really trusting each other. And, you know, me just listening, I listen off the bat and he knows that and I trust him. So it's just him and Book, it's just a good combination of both when it comes to that communication and connection. What does Chris Paul sound like when he's trying to tell you something? Oh, man, he's going to let you have it. Uh, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say there ain't no sugarcoating to it. You know, um, he's straight to the point. And you just can't take it to heart. You know, it's basketball, and he wants the best for you, because I can tell you this. If he didn't mess with you, like, I don't think he'd talk to you. You know, and CP not even that type of guy. He's a guy who really care, and he knows the game. He's so smart, and, you know, he just helps you out with so many things. There's some stuff I don't know about my opponent. He said, yo, D.A., he's only going right. Just cut off the right. Let's see if he can go left one time. You know, stuff like that, you know, that gets you going. How different is Chris to Devin Booker? Ah, uh, D-Book, D-Book normally like the back of his hand. Um, D-Book straight up too. Like he would probably say, D-A, you gonna make him do you, do you like that? He would probably say something like that to wake me up. He's like, you know, and you know, I'm like, all right, bet, bet, bet. You know, and you know, it's just a different, different, different way how they, uh, how they deliver, they deliver their communication. You know, Book is my big brother and CP feel like an older, older brother like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Tighten up your pants when this dude, you know, come by, like, you know. But you all family, so it all Literally, works. literally. So it's just, it's just all fun, man. And it's just, I love the communication through, between us three. It's, it's amazing. Devin Booker is clearly a special talent. What do you appreciate about his game the most? Oh, man, not just the scoring, but D-Book is a competitor. You know, the man, he, he likes to, he loves to compete on both ends of the floor and you know, it, it, it's contagious because you see our best, our best player on the team, best scorer on the team, you know, giving his all on defense. And it just, it brings a different type of energy, you know what I'm saying? And it just make you want to, you know, make you want to fight for this dude the whole, like, you know what I'm saying? Not take no players off because he's doing the same thing for you. I, you'll definitely see Book set the best screen on this team when it comes to, like, getting people open and stuff like that. It, you know, it's really contagious on the way how he play, and I just love his camaraderie. And, you know, it just boosts us young guys like me and Mikhail up because he's also a young dude, but he's been in this game for a minute, and, you know, he's seen it all, so it, it's, really, it's really cool to see. Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Is there a moment from practice that you'll never forget, whether it involves Chris, Devin, just a moment that you're like, man, this is different. What we're building is different. I'll say uh, training camp when we all first got together. You know, um, CP, he was competing in um, in the... in the five on fives. He was competing in the five v fives and it, you know, his first time being around CP3 and we all were trying to get a feel of him, but he was straight to it. He didn't have nothing to say, he was ready to go. And you know, it wasn't no warming up or you know, we were straight up and down, communicating. I was like, dang, this is how a gym's supposed to sound. This is how, you know, teammates and guys are supposed to communicate and talk between one another. It's just straight basketball. And you know, it felt like I was back in the bubble. You know, and feel like we never left, to be honest. We brought everything, we built in the bubble, out the bubble with new guys, and, you know, it was perfect. Yeah, that momentum has carried over to outside of the bubble and probably your most famous play, the value. Oh. I mean, game two, Western Conference Finals versus the Clippers. You know you were going to have to do this. Can you take us through that play where we all learned a rule that actually oh, you guys have taken to your advantage? Honestly... It's like, man, that whole play was definitely the biggest play of my life. And I can honestly say um, thanks to Jay Crowder and D-Book and Coach Mont, that play would have never even happened, to be honest. You know, um, you know, when we got to that huddle after the missed free throws, you know, you just felt that life got back into the arena. Like, okay, we have a chance. But what are we possibly going to do? That's, you can see everybody's faces. Like, what are we going to do? Like, what possibly can we do? And me, I, I was just ready for anything. You know, I didn't even know the play was going to come for me, to be honest. And, and the way how Coach was looking at me, and we both locking eyes, I'm like, yo, he's like, DA, you, you got to go, like, dunk it. I was like, oh, I'm going to dunk it. I was like, I'm going to dunk it. You know, he had me so giddy, and he just, I was like, say less. And we went back, and... You know, just setting up the play, you know, the arena was just so quiet. And, you know, um, I was just replaying the whole thing through my head the whole time, making sure I don't miss any screens, I don't miss anything. And, you know, once I got, once I set my first screen to set up the second back screen with D-Buck, D-Buck set the best screen in the world. That was like, the literally, he set a, I was a guard, our best player setting the screen on the biggest dude on the court. And Jay Crowder making an unbelievable pass. And, the rest is history. You know, um, when I was 
when I was uh, when I when I dunked the ball, I wasn't too sure if it counted, so my hand just was stuck up here, like uh, like did it count? I don't want to make a fool out of myself trying to celebrate, but you know it was just so loud in there, so the fans took over the cheering part. But I was just really, you know, hoping that it counted, and it did, and I was just so grateful. There was a lot of chaos after yeah. the Clippers were confused, and you could even see you were waiting to find out if this was real. Correct. What was the reaction amongst your teammates and even your family and friends after that moment you said oh, it's man. the biggest play of your life? Uh, everybody, my mom cried. Um, you know, my, my teammates for sure knew and counted. They they celebrated like it was a straight, that was like a legit buzzer beater. And they celebrated, but I was just still in shock. I was not too sure if it counted or not, but my family and friends, everybody was just so happy for me. and. You know, I just embraced the moment and, you know, I'm just saying like, dang, this is the NBA. This is where greatness happens. Like, it's for real. That was your welcome to the NBA moment, but that's like probably the best version ever. So congratulations. Thank you so much. For that. Uh, You mentioned Coach Monty Williams, how special he has been in being able to sort of reset you in the middle of games. And we were able to get a little bit of that when he was mic'd up. I'm sure you know what he said. You've probably seen the clip, but I'll just read it to you. This is the deal. One, we're getting back in transition. You don't have Giannis find a man and be a guard. Two, look at me. You set a high level for yourself. That's why you're down. That's great. Now go reach that level, okay? And you can reach it with force. Doesn't have to be stats all the time. Go dominate the game with force, okay? Because you set a high level for yourself. Go dominate the game with force. Let's go. When your coach is saying something like that to you, can you sort of take us inside that moment and also knowing what that did for you moving that, forward? That, that, whole, that whole thing, that's just Monty. That's Monty. That's a man who cares. Like, that's not just a coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a friend. That's a, a dad. That's an uncle. You call it. That, it's like that's the type of love he has for us. And, you know, he knows his players. You know what I'm saying? Like, not just his, not just dudes that come in and work. But, no, he actually knows us. He knows us as people like he. We're his friends. We're in a circle, and you know, when he when he talks to me like that, it's like a lock-in moment. Nobody else is relevant. It's just me and him right now, my teammates, and he need me right now. This is him calling me up, not calling me up, but calling me up. And you know, that's when I was really locked, and I felt like I got goosebumps the whole time he was talking to me, and you know, motivating me because we're in the finals, and he he he's saying everything that I'm going through, you know, and I'm like, you know what? You're right, like, we here, let's do this. Let's just go out there and do it. And, you know, just getting that confidence and that reassurance, you know, it's just like another another win. Like, it's just a boost of adrenaline. Like, you can't really make on your own. Like, you, you, you that's why you need your teammates. You need the thing called togetherness, you know, to really accomplish certain goals in this, in this sport. So for you, you've been on a long journey, even though you're such a young player, what do you account for your personal maturity and growth that has got you playing so consistently at a high level right now? I think because I'm a dad. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, I put away a lot of habits, you know, very quickly that, you know, that wasn't a problem at all. You know, um, this is the life I chose and, you know, I accept it completely. I embrace it. And, you know, the way my mom raised me, you know, um, always be a man of your word and, you know, always represent yourself the right way, you know, not just on the court. And, you know, that's, what, that's one of the things I go by, and especially humility, you know, having a child, 
um, you have to have humility because everything can reflect on your child. So um, I'm very locked in and very motivated. So you know, that's the thing that's really been having me be so consistent in my craft and approaching this game the right way. We all love Dre Jr. Uh, how has that changed you. your perspective on life? Easy, he definitely made a big difference. You know, um, just waking up and coming coming to the gym and enjoying it. You know, um, you know, it's just not for me anymore. It's just not. It's not for me. I'm not working for me no more. All right, Da. Time for you to enter Chanae's court. A little bit of a hot seat. Are you down with the get down? I'm down with the get down. That's what's up. Okay, my first question. You were number one pick in the 2018 draft class, one that included Luka Doncic and Trey Young. And there are a lot of comparisons there, but you have done one thing that they have yet to do, or anyone in the top five, make it to an NBA Finals. What does that mean for you? That means a lot. You know, winning means a lot. and. You know, um, not to say I really, you know, look at the comparisons people throw out there, but, you know, just hearing that, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a standard and a goal that everybody should try and reach, you know what I'm saying? Because um, what I've seen throughout the playoffs and, and the finals is something that, you know, it, it makes you addicted to winning, you know? It's, it's, it's something that's very contagious once you, once you have a taste of it and, you know, um, that's what we're trying to do right now is really get to that again. But, you know, just seeing that world is a whole different NBA. It's a whole different season. And, you know, dudes, dudes know everything about you. You know, it's a whole different environment. The concepts are different. And, you know, um, you just got to be prepared and ready. So, DA, you balled out in the playoffs. But afterwards, through the offseason, there were still some questions and even potential distractions from the team standpoint. Nonetheless, you continue to play at a high level. How have you been able to show everyone what you're capable of despite the situations from the past? I mean, in my basketball career, I've always had my back against the wall. Um, it's, it's nothing to me to you know, have a little bit of pressure. And, you know, I never overwhelm myself. I always put God first. And, you know, me and my mom, I always go there and talk about things. But, you know, just putting my head down and keep moving. You know, Monty gave me the best advice, especially when I got suspended, when I thought it was over for me. Um, DA, you, you did, what, it, what you did happen, and these are the results. This is the consequence. What is your right next step? And that, that simple phrase right there, you know, changed my whole world, to be honest, and my whole mindset on how I approach the game and how I carry myself, my right next step, you know, and you can't make the same mistake again. So, you know, just stuff like that just to keep me leveling and just with the consistency. What do you want to accomplish when this season is over, both personally but also with your squad? Most definitely, I, I, I got I to try and get a ring. That's just my main my main priority right now you know me with a with a new team and you know doing what we did the things we did last year you know um, I, I feel like this is a better team than last year so um you know that's just my that's one of my main goals for the team but me as well I just want to be known as you know one of the youngest two-way big men in this league you know with, without a question hands down and that's how I feel you know um when I'm out here guarding and playing you know I try to present myself as that. You feel like your team is the best team in the league? Most definitely. I just think we do it just we just have we're the true definition of team. You know, um, togetherness, you know, competing, 
you know, gratitude and just showing showing up early, <laughs> stuff like that, and sharing the ball. I think that's just that's, that's us. That's what we go by, and that's our culture. Well, DA, you continue to dominate. I guess we need to insert that into, like, the new version of spelling and the dictionary. Most definitely. Congratulations on your successes thus far. And, I mean, we're all just excited to see what, you know, becomes in the future. So. Thank you guys so much. I'm, I'm really, really, truly grateful, to be honest.